Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And I am joined today by my awesome friend that I just spent an entire weekend with, Pastor Richard Lejeune. And the speaker that people can't quit talking about <laughs> and uh, referencing his sermons and his lectures. What a great time we had together. I'm joined today by Pastor Curtis King. All right, man, we had, oh my, what a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I am not kidding you. What a wonderful weekend. I don't, I don't know when I've had a better time. Uh, I don't, you probably don't know this, but I posted so many pictures on Facebook. I, my last set, I, uh, I gave an apology. I'm so sorry I'm posting these pictures, but I had such a great time. So, oh goodness. Well, I have learned um, or been rather been reminded of just how exaggeratory that uh, that you can be. <laughs> and anytime a pastor stands in the pulpit uh, at your church and calls you the next Spurgeon, you know, they've just gone too far. So I was I wondering am not if that Spurgeon, I'm not that smart. You know, last I forgot all, all about saying it until yesterday. And I remembered what I said. And I thought, I'm surprised I haven't gotten any kickback on that. And, well, I'm giving you a public <laughs> kickback right now. That was too far, okay? So. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. right. I was like, I'll tell you this. I, I, You know, we talk about, like, in sports, leaving it all on the field, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I, I spoke for you nine times, and Jan sure spoke twice. And um, I, I felt like I left it all on the field. And when I got back to our hotel room Sunday night, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. I watched just a couple of minutes. And the cra I don't think I told you this, but uh, I, um, a friend of mine, uh, his son was supposed to be playing in the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, my friend was at the Super Bowl. Some and, friend um, you are. You went to sleep. I did. I did. But you know what? <laughs> I'll, 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 let me just tell you this really quick. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. I know we got a lot, to say, we got a lot to say today. But, uh -huh. uh, so my friend, um, his son was the punter for uh, the Eagles. Okay. And uh, he did not start the season as the punter for the Eagles, um, but uh, their punter got injured and then they picked him up. He used to punt for the Titans. And um so um, uh, my friend flew down to Arizona, got an Airbnb, went to the game, and he was so excited about seeing his son play. Well, on Saturday, the day before the game, they said they were bringing their old punter back. Oh. Because he was, yes, uh, they said that he, he was recovered from his injury. By the way, I saw my friend last night, okay, and I, and, uh, I asked him how it went. He said, man, I'm just ticked. He said, I'm just really ticked. And I didn't know his son didn't actually get to play. And um, he said, um, he said the other punter only punted twice. Mm -hmm. And one of the punts uh, in the huddle, they said punt left because they're putting all their strong players to the left. It's a punt left. Well, the ball went off the side of his foot and he punted right. Okay. That was the ball that got returned all the way back down to the five yard line. That was the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. And now my friend's sense. boy. Okay. So you could uh -huh. make a case that if my friend's son had been punting for the Eagles, then they may have won the Super Bowl. All right. So um, anyway, I talked to him last night. He said, I'm not sure I'm ever going to get over this when he said that hurt so bad. <laughs> but, uh, well, for uh, the record, I was cheering for the Chiefs, not because I like the Chiefs. I was too. 
I just can't stand the Eagles. So they booed Santa Claus. I yes. mean, for crying, and I am Santa Claus. So it's like for crying out loud, how do you? Uh, and I brought that up to my buddy last night. Uh, he he works at the uh, at the rescue mission here in Niagara Falls, and I brought it up to him last night, and he said, "Let me tell you, he said they're tough." He said, uh, "My son told me that he said it is not fun." punting for the Philadelphia Eagles. He said, if you do the slightest thing wrong, when you get back to the sidelines, they boo you. He said, it, he said, they, he, he said, they are merciless. And he said, uh, if he does ever play in the NFL again, which he, he probably is just done with it. Then he said, he don't want to play for Philadelphia. <laughs> so he's not an am Eagles i telling fan too either. much am i giving too much information i, I hope i'm not getting anybody no, in trouble oh it's just great <laughs> we like salacious talk on the podcast so no that is salacious. it is it really really <laughs> oh man oh man that's so hilarious oh, man hey I, I would love to spend the entire podcast reminiscing about the, the weekend and and the super bowl but uh we got a lot to get to here so uh you won last week you won Woo-hoo! So congratulations. I really thought I might get some votes from your people since I was just there, you know, but that did not happen. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, it was good to meet Jason. It was great to meet Jason. And uh, uh, he's a lot nicer than I thought. <laughs> no, he's a super, super nice guy. So who goes first? Who goes first? I don't remember. Flip a coin. Uh, you go first. Okay, I go first. All right. I got a very simple joke this week. Okay. All right. So there's two muffins in the <laughs> oven. All right. One says, man, it is burning up in here. The other one shouts out, hey, look, a talking muffin. <laughs> I have to admit, I've heard it before, but it's funny every time I hear it. I love it because he's a talking muffin too. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's awful that is awful okay all right here's my joke all right and um uh, for everyone listening and watching today it, it's a tad um uh out of bounds at least for for my uh, for my liking so there was a a man he was at work and he hears his phone ding and he looks down at it's an email from his bank uh, saying that an expense just went through and he thought well I guess my wife just bought something and he opened up the email from the bank and and she had just spent $400 at a dress shop. And he was like, what in the world is she doing? And he thought, I can't believe this. And so he calls her up and says, honey, you just spent $400 at a dress shop? And she said, yeah. She said, I tried this dress on. And, and she said, it was, it was just beautiful. I love this dress. And he said, he said, honey, you should have just said, get thee behind me, Satan. And she said, I did say that. But Satan said, it looks good from back here, too. (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness gracious. So there you go. There you go. Pastor King. Oh, my. (laughs) I know. I know. You'll never respect me again after that one. That was well within the boundaries of a joke I would tell. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we don't need to go into the details on that. Though. No, you're clean. You're clean. I've never heard you tell a, a bad joke. But, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, I, let me tell everybody. I, I 
Richard, uh, Pastor Lejeur was saying before we got started that about how exhausted I must be after um, speaking nine times in two and less than two and a half days. I guess two days and two days and uh, two hours. No, two days and one hour. Uh, yeah, so 49 hours. I spoke nine times. But anyway, I told him, I said, yeah, we were pretty wore out. But honestly, I said, if you if you said right now, come on back, let's do it all again. I would march out that door, go get in, in my car and head to Connecticut. I had that much fun. Had that much it fun. Blast. It, it was good. It was so, so good. So, all right. Well, hey, we better get into this today. We do have a lot of ground to cover. And uh, so I think we said that you're going to review and then I'm going to tell the story that um, uh, we talked about last week, and then you're going to do point four, five, six, right? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. This is good today. This is really good stuff. So, all right. The art of the rebound. So you get knocked down in life and you need to get back up or, you know, you, you, you take a shot at something and you miss, and that can be discouraging. Um, Maybe you get fired from a job. Maybe you get laid off. Um, maybe you um, uh, try to teach a class at church and it, it just you just failed miserably. Whatever the situation is, we all have failures in life. All of us experience failures in life. In fact, the people who succeed the most also fail the most. You'd stop and think about that. Good point. Very, and, very good point. And the reason is, is because the people who succeed the most, when they failed, they, they got up and got a rebound and they took another shot and they made it and, and they kept, they kept going. So you can't be strong until you fail and then you get up and, 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 and move forward. So the art of the rebound, how do you rebound in life? Well, when I have someone come in my office and this does happen probably once a month or once every two months. I'll have someone come in my office who is not from our church. They're, they're referred to me by a friend or they just happened into the building and they're going through a hard time in life and I'll sit and I'll listen to them and their problem. And then I'll ask them, well, here's how I'll word it. I'll say, listen, we're going to deal with your problem down here, but we're going to start from a bird's eye view and we're going to work down toward your problem. So I'm going to talk to you about something that has nothing to seemingly to do with your problem, but honestly has everything to do with your problem. We're going to talk about where you're going to spend eternity. So before you can pull down that rebound and make a shot, the very first thing you need to do is you need to make sure you're saved. And uh, you get saved by giving your heart to Christ and believing he's the only way to heaven, not by works, but through, uh, through his, his grace and your faith. The second way you rebound is by confessing sin. Uh, you need to get your heart right with God. You need to own it. You need to uh, confess it, and you need to forsake it. Uh, what does it mean to confess sin? It means that I agree with God. Not only intellectually agree with God over my sin, but emotionally I agree with God over my sin. Mm -hmm. And you see the sin as the problem, not the consequences you're suffering as the problem. So you confess your sin. <clears throat> it's a good idea to keep short accounts with God. The previous pastor here... Uh, he has a handful of statements that he used to, uh, he's just remembered by. And one of them that um, I hear all the time from people from our previous pastor at White Oak, he would tell the church, he'd say, keep short accounts with God. And what a great thing. Uh, regularly confess your sin and, and keep that heart right before God. God's not going to bless you if you are holding iniquity in your heart with him 
nor are you going to want to speak with him. And then third, we said, you rebound by seeking the Father. Uh, we saw in Luke 15, 18, the Bible says, I will arise and go to my Father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And that, that is in reference to the prodigal son. And we talked about how that uh, life beat him down and left him by uh, the, the swine, feeding the swine, and he had nothing to eat. He had no friends left, no money left. And he came to his senses and he said, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. You, you, you get that rebound by humbling your heart and going back to the Father and reuniting with him. And life has a way of kicking us. Life has a way of knocking us down, putting us in a hole. Life has a way of hurting us. Uh, sometimes it's our own choices. Sometimes it's other people's choices. Pastor King, you had uh, it, it, we had ended the podcast last week with you telling me to remind you that you had a story <laughs> to tell. So now this may be um, um, uh, the second time you've heard it from me because on uh, uh, on I guess on our church, the Calvary Baptist Niagara Falls page, I put it and uh, I put the story, just a video of it. Uh, I think it took me two minutes to tell it, and then I think a, a day or two later, I shared it on my personal page. But it just fits. It fits so good with what we're talking about. And really, I think it uh, probably would have fit better last week, but we just didn't have enough time. But real quick, there was this farmer that uh, he had a new farm and he wasn't familiar uh, with, with the property really well. And uh, he was a younger farmer and he's walking along with his mule one day and uh, the ground gave way underneath his mule um, and the mule fell down into an abandoned well. And, um, and the farmer looks, you know, a good ways down in the well, and there's his mule, obviously no, no broken legs, no nothing, just a little shaken up. And um, uh, on further investigation, he found that apparently years ago, they just put a, an old piece of plywood over, over the, the mouth of the well and covered it in dirt and grass grew on it. And, and um, nobody thought any more about it. And he's thinking, how in the world am I going to get my mule out of this well? And um, so uh, there was an older farmer that lived next to him and he told him, he said, well, I know how to get the, the mule out of there. And, and uh, so the, the older farmer grabbed a shovel and the two of them went over there and he just starts shoveling dirt down into the well. And the younger farmer says, said, whoa, wait a minute. He said, we can't bury my mule alive. I mean, that's not humane. He said, it'd be more humane to shoot him and then bury him than to let him, you know, I mean, suffocate over hours and hours and hours, and we can't do it. And he said, "No, no." He said, "Just, just watch." He said, "I know what I'm doing," and he kept shoveling and until dirt would pile up on the mule's back, and the mule would shake it off and step up, shovel more dirt, and he would shake it off and step up until finally uh, there was enough dirt down in the well that the mule was able just to walk right out. But the advice that I think we're really trying to give uh, on the art of the rebound is you got to learn to shake it off and step up. Um, uh, everybody has dirt piled on them. Everybody has dirt piled on them. Everybody has issues and people who have mistreated you and circumstances that you don't feel like they went your way. Everybody has that. Last night I, I preached at our uh, local mission and I told the guys, I said, if you were to ask anybody what was the highlight of the life of Christ, nobody would say anything other than the resurrection 
was the highlight of the 30. But do you realize everything that had to go into the highlight of the resurrection? I mean, there had to be death threats. There had to be um, uh, the son of man hath not where to lay his head. Uh, there had to be 33 years of living on a ball of dirt when he had had all of eternity past in the glories of heaven. There had to be a betrayal. There had to be a scourging. There had to be the pulling out of a beard. There had to be nails pierced into his hands and his feet. There had to be a giving up of the ghost. There had to be, there had to be a lot of horrible things or else there could have been no resurrection. So, uh, uh, listen, if you have feel like your hands and feet have been pierced and you feel like you've been betrayed, um, if you feel like you're dying, hang on, okay, shake it off, step up. Resurrection day is coming if you honor the Lord with what, so that's my story. Um, and maybe that'll encourage somebody to shake it off and step up and press toward your resurrection. All right, Amen. so you, you've got number four. Number four, you rebound when you're out of options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah, chapter 3, verse 1. Here we find Jonah in the belly of the well. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Um, You have Jonah. We know the story, right? God says, go to Nineveh. And he gets in a boat to go to Tarshish. Tarshish is on the southern uh, tip of of modern-day Spain. That was the edge of the known world. Yeah, (laughs) He's going as far (laughs) away as he can. So he's going to ride across the Mediterranean, get as far away from God's will as possible, and he ends up in the belly of the well, right? They throw him overboard, and there he is, swallowed whole in a cramped space. And, you know, as a boy, I pictured him sitting, like, on the back of the tongue, underneath that hangy downy thingy with a campfire you know that was how i always pictured it as a kid and warming his hands right and it wasn't like that okay oh my he, goodness oh i was a children's i've heard it all i've heard so it you, all you got to forgive me right sometimes i still think in, in children's the hangy downy right? thing yeah, whatever you call that thing so um you know he's curled up in a ball he's covered in stomach acid uh of the whale he's he's probably being bleached white uh, he's miserable and he's not dying. I think he would, at that point, would have rather died than have done God's will. And God says, no, you yeah. are going to do what I want you to do. Yeah. And there he finally gave a half-hearted repentance and uh, and he, he got the rebound, right? He's vomited onto the land and then he uh, heads a day's journey into Tarshish, which was a three days journey all the way across. And he gets a third away in the city, he gets a soapbox, he stands up and, and he preaches <laughs> a, a sermon of great condemnation, um, a short sermon, and then he has done the bare minimum and out the city he goes. But all that to say, Jonah, he got the rebound when he had no other options. Yeah. Here's what I want to tell you. God has a plan for your life. Don't make God back you in a corner. Yeah, yep. Just follow God's plan. Um, I see a lot of people who are miserable because they're fighting against God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that would be like me climbing in the ring with a Floyd Mayweather or an Evander Holyfield or a Mike Tyson or a Muhammad Ali. Uh, I can be as sassy and arrogant as I want to be. I'm not going to last 10 seconds in the first round. And neither would you. 
and you want to climb in the ring with God and you want to fight against him and you keep getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down and knocked down and knocked down because you want to do it your way instead of doing it God's way. And here's one thing I've learned. God always wins. Yeah. He always wins. And you get the re listen, if you're forced into it, you'll get the rebound on the second option. I don't want God to have to force me in anything. I just want to be all about having a good spirit toward God and, and his will and his work. I guess before I hand it back to Pastor King here, I guess the question really comes down to this. Do you trust the goodwill of your Savior to look out for your best interest? Because mm -hmm. if you really believe that your Savior has your best interest in mind, you're just going to joyfully follow him. And when he says, go here and do this, Lord, that sounds difficult, but you're going to give me the power to do it. And um, you're going to maximize my joy in the process. So you rebound when you're, when you're out of options. Amen. You're better off pushing away all other options yourself rather than letting God push away all other options. By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, um, um, and this is a little bit gross, but um, whale vomit is incredibly expensive. Did you know that? It's called ambergris, okay? And uh, most um, expensive perfumes, the key ingredient is ambergris, okay? They will find whale vomit that has hardened. I'm, I'm being totally serious here. They will find whale vomit that has washed up on a beach somewhere. And I'm telling you, you can sell it for ridiculous amounts of money. And, and they will take that. And, and if, if you're, if, your wife has any nice perfume and look on the ingredients on the back and you'll find ambergris in there. Uh, so no wonder uh, they call it you de toilette, huh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Od toilet. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so I wonder what Jonah must've smelled like when he finally came to himself. We think that he probably smelled really gross. He may have smelled really good. Wow. All right. And when you finally decide to come to yourself and to step up and do the right thing and to turn to the Lord, uh, it really is better than you might think it is. It really is. So anyway, there's a whole sermon. Uh, maybe we should preach a sermon on, called the God of Ambergris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five, number five here. Uh, time is ticking. Uh, you rebound by persistence. You rebound by persistence. Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. For most people, it only takes one fall for you to decide to not rise up again. And there is nothing magical about the number seven. It's almost like when, uh, Jesus, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus said, uh, 70 times seven. And that's not to say that you're supposed to keep count until 490. And now I don't have to forgive him anymore. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a number to say, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And uh, I, I promise you this, anybody who has lived into adulthood has fallen more than seven times. Okay, you have fallen way more than seven times. Um, uh, one of my um, favorite baseball players uh, now has become Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 
Uh, I love watching him play, and I, I just love his uh, youthful zeal and enthusiasm. He just got a spark about him. Swag. But there, uh, he got some swag, but it's not a. I don't know. I, I just I, I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it uh, the way he plays. But there's been a few times that um, uh, I've seen the Blue Jays down in the bottom of the ninth, two outs, and guess who's up to bat? It's Vladdy, and and he goes up to bat, and I'm thinking this is going to be good, and then he pops out. <laughs> and, but you know he he comes through clutch enough to where you always have that optimism that he's there. But the next time that he's up in a clutch situation, you still know he's got it in him. He may not hit a home run every time, but just because he strikes out or pops out doesn't mean that he doesn't still have it in him. So even the greats, even the greats at whatever it is that they do have a way of, of coming through clutch enough. And you've got, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you've got enough in you to rebound from whatever it is that has knocked you down. So, uh, and, and uh, using Vladdy as an illustration, that brings us to number six about teammates, but um, rebound. All right. I want to give, I want to give ample time to number six, but I have a story to share <laughs> about number five here. Okay. So um, let me just give a very practical example. All right. I see guys who will ask a girl out on a date. <laughs> All right. And she tells him no. And their world is just, and by the way, I was this way when I was in on the dating scene. So I'm not picking on anybody. This was me. All right. They, they muster up the nerve to walk up to a girl and ask her on a date. And she's like, no, she just shuts them yeah. down hard. And there isn't that bounce back. There isn't that I'm going to stay after her until she says yes. It's, it's, let me go lay on my bed and sulk for, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks and then I'll move on and ask another girl when I work up the courage to do it again. And, um, then I knew other guys that would take no, turn it into a joke. And then an hour later, ask her out again and then ask her out again and then ask her out again. And now they're married. Okay. Um, and you know, girls sometimes play hard to get, um, but the point I'm getting at is the guy who got the girl got the rebound and some, and, and that's just more of a, a, uh, an illustration for a, a broader point is sometimes we can get so discouraged over being told no, mm -hmm. that we quit yep. or we get so discouraged over failure that we quit and you got to get in there and you got to box out and you got to grab that ball and you got to shoot. When I was a boy, I'd go out inside and play basketball with my dad. And if, I don't know if my dad listens to the podcast or not. Dad, I'm not trying to pick on you or embarrass you here. But <laughs> he, would, um, he would stand, you know, here I am like, like four foot two, and he's six foot two. He'd stand at the base of the hoop, and he'd shoot and miss, and shoot and miss, and shoot and miss. And, and I'm down below, and I'm doing this, and I just can't get the ball. And he's getting it, and he'd miss seven, eight, nine, ten layups in a row. I don't know if he's missing them on purpose just to give me a hard time or what. But he'd keep getting the rebound, and eventually the ball would go in. And you got to just keep shooting, and you got to keep rebounding, and you got to keep shooting, and you got to keep rebounding. And one day it's going to go through, but you can't give up. Yeah. Amen. Number, That's number good. Number eight. Number six. Yes. Lastly, six. You rebound when you stop competing against your teammates. Mm -hmm. In John 21, we find the story of Jesus and the, and, and the fishes and loaves, and right at the end of the book of John. 
And Jesus is saying to Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And then um, Peter turns and he says to Jesus, he says, what about John? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God, and Jesus <laughs> says to John, listen, what is it to you? Yeah. I, I could keep him around till I come back if I so choose. It's none of your business. You worry about you. And, you know, you see this rivalry in Peter with John. And later you would even see somewhat a rivalry between Peter and Paul. Yeah. And uh, there's this competing against your teammates. And you know what? You just have to remember, we're all on, if you're saved, we're all on the same team. And I'm speaking to my Baptist pastor brethren. If any of you <laughs> listen to this, the other Baptist pa pastor brethren, they may have a music a little bit different than you, and they might have style a little bit different than you. But if they're preaching the gospel, and we're all on the same team. And you get the rebound when you quit boxing out your teammate and you box out the enemy and you go up and get the ball. And some of you need that not for not for church ministry. You need that in your home. You need that in your marriage. You need that with your kids. Uh, you need that with your uh, you know, people in the church. Let's all be on the same team. And um, let's work together for the good of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, let's not compete against each other. Amen. Amen. You know, the word discouraged uh, the the uh, prefix is dis, D-I-S, and it just as a prefix that you put on the beginning of a word to cancel out the root word, which is courage, okay? So to be discouraged means you've lost courage. Mm -hmm. And really the point of last Monday and again this Monday is to say, get your courage back. Get your courage back. Uh, jump back out on the court, get in position, do what you got to do, jump with all your might, grab that ball with all your might, put it back up at the hoop with all your might. And if you miss it, then get your courage back. But that's really what it comes down to. The art of the rebound is just simply getting your courage back. That's it. And so listen, friends, um, put a smile on your face, have the joy of Jesus in your heart and do it. Ready, break. <laughs> hey, God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye now.